conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and today I am joined by Marjani Rawls, and we are talking about the 1978 Superman movie. This actually holds up pretty well, I must say. Marjani, I know you're a big Superman fan. Are you excited to talk about this one today? Uh, yes, classic soups. It was so long since I've seen this movie, and like watching it for a podcast, I was like, oh, okay. It's it's the movie that everybody like points to when they say that we want the old Superman back. We want the old Superman like Donner Reeve films back, and, and we wish that like DC would do these again. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, this is 1978. Like we we do kind of have to update Superman like because of the feeling of this one and watching it again, and I. I watched the three-hour cut of this. Okay. I just did the two-and-a-half-hour one. There's, like, the TV cut and, the you know, the 238 one. I was like, oh, wow. Like, all right, I kind of get it. Like, I get that, why this is so endearing. Yeah, I think HBO Max had the one that I watched labeled as, like, the special edition or something. Because you could tell they kind of did the Star Wars thing where they went back and added stuff later, it looked like. Some, <laughs> yeah, of, some yeah. of the colors, you know. And the most interesting thing about the credits on this movie is that Mario Puzo, or Puzo is credited with a screenplay credit, and he wrote the godfather (laughs) so it's just kind of wild the creative team behind this and obviously we have a fantastic cast you have christopher reeve as superman marlon brando as jor-el gene hackman as luther margot kidder as lois and just you know jackie cooper glenn ford ned Beatty, Beatty. i always get that one wrong and it's just a really fun cast especially for this time period and I think there's just so much to enjoy out of this I think the one thing that I would have personally preferred them to cut down on was that whole sort of like 40 minute origin story because oh it's yeah they they definitely it's a lot yeah and I get it because this is like the first big Superman movie but Honestly, how many times have we seen both Superman and Batman's origin stories? It's like, okay, okay, we're good. We got it. I understand it when you're introducing new characters. Like, you know, last week I talked about Miss Marvel with Katie. And obviously, there has been no Miss Marvel content in the MCU before the show. So going through her origin makes sense. And... I don't think we necessarily need it every time the major, major characters are rehashed. So that was the thing that stood out to me as I was watching it. I was like, okay, this could have moved a little faster. They definitely said, let's put Marlon Brando in this and get him a paycheck. And that's what he did. Yeah. And if I don't know if a lot of people know the story, but like Marlon Brando was like really difficult uh, before before, uh, shooting because like he wanted... Like, the story goes, like, he wanted uh, Jor-El to be, like, a bagel with his voice or a green suitcase. 
So, like, Richard Donner had to, like, put on the charm factor in order to get Marlon Brando to actually act and be Jor-El. Because, like, back then, because you Mar- you mentioned Mario Puzzo. He got a- he got paid a lot to write the screenplay. It was, like, $600,000. That's so much money now, too. Like, if you compare it to 2022 money. <laughs> you know, he just did The Godfather. So, like, I get it, you know, but... Uh, Marlon Brando was also paid like almost close to four million, and he got a portion of like the box office gross. Yeah, that first part, which is really a sci-fi film, um, and I think the extended cut shows like because they shot Superman one and two back to back, so like the whole Zod thing that happens in the beginning uh-huh. of the extended cut, it was supposed to like tease, you know the second part of Superman. I think the way the first half act happens is because like, okay, we have Marlon Brando. We have to do something with him. Right. So that's why you get all these like monologues of like, you know, the father becomes the son, the son becomes the father. Like he does like while or a while about Krypton is blowing up. He, he gives like at least a seven or eight minute monologue. And I'm like, all right, are they going to have enough time to get Cal-El Clark out of here before the Krypton explodes? Because, like, he's just, he kind of goes on and on and on about it. Yeah, it was a lot even not with the extended cut. So, (laughs) you know, I did like some of the stuff from the beginning, though, like how they portrayed the Phantom Zone. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. It, You know, this is big blockbuster movie era really just starting because you had Jaws in 75, I believe, Star Wars in 77. Then you have this in 78. Can you imagine being a kid in the mid to late 70s and just getting to go see all of those things? Jaws, if your parents would let you, most likely. (laughs) But like, what a run of the big blockbuster movies in the mid to late 70s. That is surely something. And I didn't know what to expect going into this because I had actually never seen this. It has been in my list for a while to go back and watch these, what is it, four Superman movies, I think, with Christopher Reeve. And I was pleasantly surprised by how well this still plays, just because you can tell that some of the effects stuff doesn't hold up as well, like when they had the sort of bright white in that opening scene. Oh, yeah. Just like popping off the the screen. It just, yeah. Well, even just their uniforms or whatever you want to call them when they're doing the whole trial thing, it was like you could kind of tell the color was added after the fact. But, you know, it's the 70s. I'm not going to hold that against them too much. And obviously, It'll be interesting to see how things progress as I watch through the rest of these. But overall, I thought they did a nice job. A lot of the flying scenes didn't hold up super well. Like when you have Clark or Superman off in the distance and then he's like getting closer and he's just like this black speck in the distance. (laughs) And you kind of see like the lighting doesn't quite line up the way it should or isn't like bouncing off of him the same way as the background and i imagine things like that were much much harder to do 
in the 70s because of how new a lot of the effects they were using probably were. But otherwise, some of the stuff where it's like very clear they were just suspended on wires and then the background was put in later, a lot of that stuff was okay. It, you know, it wasn't anything to get upset about. And this movie obviously had a very large budget at $55 million back then, but it made a ton of money too. So $300 million. That's a lot back then. That's a yeah. lot back in the 70s. Yeah, that's a lot today. <laughs> yeah. If you look at some, yeah, if you look at some films today, like they would love to make $300 million. Um, Yeah. I mean, if you look at something recent, like the Black Phone, for instance, and you compare like the budget of that to what it made at the box office, I feel like that's something that would love to make that kind of money. And tickets were much cheaper back then. So it just means a lot more people went to go see Superman. And I really, really enjoyed Christopher Reeve as Clark more so than Superman, just because I felt like he nailed all of the mannerisms. And just sort of like the awkwardness between him and Lois that you've kind of come to expect. I feel like he played that way better than I've seen like anyone else play that. Even in like the animated stuff, obviously it's different, but just the tone of his voice and him changing his voice between Clark and Superman, I think it just worked really, really well. It's crazy because... Even for that film, he only made $250,000. Like, obviously, they went, the big money went to Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman. But even today, like, if you ask, like, older Superman, like, uh, fans, they it, the role is synonymous with Christopher Reeve. Like, that smile when he's, like, glances at the camera and then flies off into the distance. That's a classic scene. You know, Brandon Ruth, I thought that he was actually a good Superman. He was just done by a raw deal with the storyline in Superman Returns. Cavill is a personal favorite of mine. It's like you said, what I really liked in revisiting this is basically with Clark and the awkwardness, especially when he first goes into the Daily Planet and he, you know, opens up what the soda or something like that and spills it on himself. And it's just kind of a klutz. And, you know, like he's talking with Lois is like, oh, like, you know, the day is a little, <laughs> a little longer than I thought. And but there's like charm there, too, especially when like the first time he talks to Lois and he, you know, talks to Perry Mason and says like he needs like a, you know, like half his paycheck going back to his mom, Martha. And then, you know, Lois is like, you know, like he, you know, donates the, you know, gives half the paycheck to like his gray haired mother back home. He's like, it's actually silver. Like, it, it, like that, those little instances of dialogue and like, oh, like he really embodies the Silver Age Superman and then switching to like being Kal-El and being Superman uh, other than Clark, you could tell, especially with the interview that they have, there's like char- there's, he turns on the confidence, you know, like as, <laughs> you know, obviously Lois is very in you know, into him, and he's like, you know, like, what color underwear you have? Like, what do I have on? And then he's like, well, I can't see through lead. Ah, pink. <laughs> it looks like you're the one who's embarrassed now. Like, yeah, the fact that he can play to, like, both of those characters in a distinct way, it's very hard for 
actors to do. Like you think of like the Dean Keynes and like even Superman and Lois now, which I think is a really does a really good job with like what I like that Superman the movie does is that gives us equal parts of him, you know, saving the world and like doing like odd jobs. Like he, you know, goes he saves Lois. He, you know, stops a bank robber. He <laughs> helps like get a cat out of the tree for a girl and yeah. like he enjoys it but like there's still that and i think man is still tried to do this but like there's still parts of him of trying to figure out who jor-el is and what his heritage is back on krypton and also being you know a person on earth and it's something that he struggles with like saying you know uh, when Jorah tells him, like, you can't, like, meddle in, like, human history. And, you know, obviously we see at the end, again, special effects. Uh, <laughs> it may look janky now, but, like, they did win an Oscar for of him, like, turning back time where you're like, Superman can do that? But, yeah, Christopher Reeve still now is obviously, like, you know, one of the gold standards in portraying this character on screen and unfortunately as you know you go through the films particularly with superman's three and four it gets kind of worse but it's just like oh well we still have christopher reeve here yeah there's a lightheartedness to this one that i don't think we were ever really going to get with Zack snyder's version of superman and i have seen Superman Returns, but I don't remember enough of it to lean one way or the other on that one. I think the fact that I don't remember literally anything from that movie is probably a sign that they didn't get it right there either. <laughs> but <laughs> they try, like, yeah, uh, the director that shall not be named tried um, to make a love letter. I mean, that. That movie is super problematic with everything's surrounding Brandon Roof, with like the director and whoever, uh, the other guy who plays yeah. Lex Luthor. But you know, with it being a spiritual sequel to the Donner films, like it tries to do that, like it tries to like bring the like heartness back, but like the storyline of like Clark being you know, away for so long and him being an absentee father to the son that he <laughs> he comes it, like. I don't think that you really can without the spirit of Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder and like the chemistry that they had and, you know, the look and feel of just what the Daily Planet was like, it, it, you know, like me being a journalist and like seeing a whole bunch of people in a building with typewriters and like Lois, like handing a piece of paper to Perry Messers, like Here's my story, you know, like and yeah. it's just another world that I don't know if you can't really do unless you're in that time, you know? Yeah, and I think the CW shows that have featured Superman, so Supergirl and Superman and Lois, have really tried to capture this sort of feeling versus this whole dark storyline and everything that they did with Cavill in the movies. And this definitely feels like something that could have been on TV at the time too, which I think oh, is yeah. why it works because it wasn't trying to do something different with Superman. And obviously Superman had been around for quite a while before this movie even came out. And, you know, this movie's going to turn 
50 in a handful of years here, which is... Which is crazy to think. Yeah. Which is... Because it does hold up well. Like, looking at this, I wasn't like, oh my goodness, this movie is 50 years old. This movie is 50 years old. Because, well, one, obviously, it wasn't in black and white. So (laughs) that's usually an indicator of when you're watching a fairly old movie. But they had... Yeah, it's not the George Reeves, like... Look at the, you know, look yeah, up at the it's sky. Not, it's a bird. It's it, a plane, you know. Yeah, it's not the adventures of Superman from the 50s, but it does still have that same kind of vibe, just in color. And then you have, you know, the first animated series was from 66 to 70. You have Superman appearing in Super Friends. So there was a lot of Superman content before this movie. And there's obviously been a ton sense as well. You also have sort of these animated shorts from the 40s. So Superman had a lot of time to evolve in media, even before this movie came. And I I think this movie just really, I don't want to say put the character on the map, but I feel like Superman sort of became larger than life after this. Yeah, I I mean, just from like, just from the poster, you'll believe a man could fly, like, and actually seeing him fly, and seeing that, you know, sequence with Lois where, like, it does run long. <laughs> but uh, seeing, like, him flying around with Lois, flying around the city, flying around uh, the Statue of Liberty. And, like, him standing on, like, a skyscraper, you know, on the windows and stuff. Like, it was so cool to see. Like, paired up with, you know, the score. Like, the famous score from John Williams. Just mwah, you know? Yeah. I think about it and like reading up what it where they wanted Spielberg to to direct. I'm glad Richard Donner did, you know, yeah. but like I know he was just getting off on jaw you know, getting out of Jaws and like they're like, hmm, Spielberg. But and then saying no, which is kinda of like you would think that like Steven Spielberg, like, why not? William Freakin was actually <laughs> William Freakin, the exorcist director, almost directed Superman. And Francis Ford Coppola, which would have been crazy coming off The Godfather, you know, maybe Marlon Brando would have behaved a little bit more. But yeah, even now, like, I think, you know, I kind of go back and forth of this being like a super fan, haha. But why, I'm like, why do people want this feel back? Because I think Smallville tried to do it, and there's definitely more of an in- inference of the Smallville, Smallville-ness in this movie. Uh, especially with like you know Clark being a equipment manager and him like Lana Lang and you know seeing that and like having brief time with Pa Kent before he uh, succumbs to a heart attack, which mm-hmm. is you know which is sad. I'm like, damn, like Clark couldn't like fly him to a like a hospital or something. I guess not if you just instantly like unfortunately drop dead or something like that. But yeah, and I think he was still at a point where he wasn't using his powers all the time necessarily we obviously then see him racing the train home and you have him getting back and we know that superman can hear everyone's heartbeat so that was a little odd because it's like he didn't one hear the heartbeat stop or two hear him hit the ground yeah if i if i had like a criticism with that like I know him and Pa Kent have that brief discussion before Pa Kent dies about, like, you know, like, you're here for a reason. Yeah. Um, what Man of Steel does is actually give you, it gives you more time with him and and the, you know, 
that version of Pa Kent of him, you know, saying, you know, you have these, all these incredible feats and things of that nature, but like you might not be accepted until you, and then like until you get older, you have to find out what that means for you. Like, you know, you have to find out what your purpose is. And I think. With Superman the movie, it's a little fleshed out more, probably because Marlon Brando wanted it. Yeah. That's those conversations with like that happens in that movie happens with Jor-El here, where he says, like, you have to protect your identity because of this, that, and the other. So it comes more you spend more time with Jor-El and his <laughs> projection of his head. Right. Speaking to Clark, other than, you know, like Pa Kent. And then you have like that scene where, you know, uh, he talks to Ma Kent, where, which I mean, I will give Donner this, like he gives space for scenes to happen. Mm-hmm. Like he gives, he gives like, like 10 minutes for scenes to kind of unfurl and like where they have that certain discussion before, you know, Clark, I guess, sees the ghost of Pa Kent go into the barn. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would want. I know there was certain there was a certain type of meddling with like the studio and Richard Donner because they were shooting both and they were seventy five percent done with the second one until he was ordered to go back and finish the first one. But I think it like I said, like it gives a lot of space to like take in these scenes and uh I remember like reading that, you know, those when you get off of Krypton and things like he wanted it to be like a Norman Rockwell painting and it does look like that. So like you get like these three instances of Krypton, Smallville, Metropolis, which I thought was really cool. And it's not really and you don't really in the other films, you don't really get to see that all much. I know in Superman Returns, you don't uh, like you, you just kind of, oh, he's back in Metropolis, you know. Then they're in, you know, Lois, Lois's house with her then husband and then, you know, uh, things happen and such and such. And then you don't see Metropolis. Well, you don't see Clark until the very end of Man of Steel. You know, like you don't see him going into the Daily Planet. But I think, you know, the 1978 film like does all facets well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really impressed with this. I think... A few of the other things that stood out to me were the fact that, you know, Perry obviously liked Clark so much and was like, that's how, that's how I should be treated by people. (laughs) (laughs) And just the way that all of the characters were played, even Gene Hackman as Luther was really fun. And, you know, like, so good taking the toupee or wig off or whatever (laughs) towards the end there. And you have Otis just echoing everything he says. And I think they still had some moments where I was like, okay, this could move a little faster. Like the whole thing with Superman in the like little indoor fountain there. And then Eve, like not doing a very good job of hiding behind the giant fountain. (laughs) Like he can't (laughs) see me. (laughs) Like that went on just a little too long, but I do think ultimately that scene did work pretty well. And when you are watching stuff from this sort of era, there's always going to be that sort of campiness to it. 
like from the 60s and 70s. You see it a lot with Batman 66. And it was just a completely different era of superhero movies and TV shows where they didn't take themselves too seriously. But I think this one took itself seriously enough to obviously have multiple sequels come after it. And it didn't feel like they were doing anything unexpected with the character. Like when you watch Batman 66, sure, Adam West is a lot of people's Batman, but even in comparison to the comics, they're pulling that show from the very, very early days of the comic. It feels like, you know, the stuff in the 40s, for instance. So it feels like these things have obviously changed over the decades as they sort of reflect the era of comics that they're trying to emulate. And, you know, we don't get a ton of dark Superman comics for like, Man of Steel to pull from, for instance, there are quite a few that are on the darker side, like you have Superman Red Sun and all of that stuff. But I think this did a very good job of just giving us what people expected of the character. Yeah, I remember like when I was younger and getting that Death of Superman comic and just seeing like the cape painted in blood. Yeah. And then like reading like the doomsday. Like, I'm like, what? Like, like, yeah, like smaller it got me, dark. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell? Like, Superman got cut? Superman's bleeding? Like, Superman died? What? Yeah, and that was, what, the 80s when that comic came out? Yeah, like, early, yeah, 80s, early 90s, I think. And what this, and I'm like, no. What? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Superman can't bleed, you know what I mean? So, this, especially with, like, <clears throat> how Gene Hackman plays uh, Lex Luthor, living beneath the city with all this junk and like his you know his hijinks or something like that is just like getting these two missiles and trying to blow up <laughs> the world and unfortunately hackensack new jersey where i'm like what what like you know what i mean like me being jersey from jersey i'm like why why hackensack like why why that please but it's all like how like he tries he you know his motivations especially seeing superman it's like somebody oh like somebody something to do like somebody to like be an adversary to like somebody has to beat him like it's it's not dark it's more like you said like it's campy it's out of the comic it's very like if this was a very adventures of superman like george reeve era like this this is what it was like he finds you know the Krypton and, and like, weaken, it like, finds, like, that's his, like, weakness and weakens Superman. Let me go back. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me go back for a little bit. During the interview, I'm like, why would Clark tell Lois that he can't see through lead? Why are you giving away your secrets? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I understand, like, you, you love Lois. Like, you guys are falling for each other. But he's just, like, openly telling the secrets where he's from, like, for this interview. And I'm like, okay, I understand that you're supposed to, yeah, you know, like, your father's telling you to be low-key. But, like, <laughs> no wonder, like, somebody like Lex Luthor would get the jump on you. He know, he, he could just read the paper. Yeah. But, <laughs> and then you have that moment later when you have Lois and Jimmy standing next to her car and she kind of has that brief, huh, you never see Clark and Superman together moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I understand, like, the subtlety of him putting on glasses. You're like, oh, like, wait a minute. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they have the same curl, but, like, he puts on the glasses like, he's a completely different person. And, I, and like, okay, well, hmm, this guy is saving people, but Clark isn't here. And nobody put two and two together? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I I mean, Gene Hackman, I'm glad that they paid the $2 million, which, I mean, in 1978 is big money, you know, like. Yeah, I'd take $2 million today. That's yeah, fine. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, where, you know, just to see him, Otis and Miss Tessmacher, kind of like all their interactions and, and him with, uh, you know, with Christopher Reeves, like, I could see why they wanted to you know, for him to go on for four movies. And I was surprised that like somebody like Gene Hackman will want to do this, but he did. And I'm glad he did. I mean, this guy won two Academy Awards and he, all right, cool. Let's just, let's do some Superman. Yeah. It was fun though. You know, I think if I were to rewatch this again, I might speed through some of those first 40 minutes there and kind of just get to the metropolis part because I think that's when the movie gets really interesting. But overall, to take a character like Superman, combine the origin story with this whole story of him finding out who he is, saving Lois, and having to deal with Luther, I think it works really well and I'm curious to see what they have done in the sequels because somehow I have not had these movies spoiled for me which I guess they're old enough to where nobody's really talking about them that often so that works in my favor you gotta watch okay so the second the second movie you gotta watch the Donner cut because there was a dispute between Donner and the studio where Donner left and it was only 75% done and he did massive reshoots where, I mean, I remember the second movie, like, seeing the second movie and, like, oh, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was fun. I was younger. But then I, when I watched the Donner cut and, like, some some things are unfinished. But he did it as best as he can. And, like, the complete, uh, like, the completed version when Richard Lester, like, you know, after Richard Lester did his, it's much better. It's way, way better, and I'm glad that they resolved that. Three and four? No. Yeah. <laughs> Three had Richard Pryor in it. Not really sure what he was doing there. They tried to go the comedic route. Four, of course, had that 1980s, like, you know, against, like, the USSR vibe. So mm-hmm. they had to give, you know, Clark or Superman, like, a guy, like, a radioactive villain which thankfully they just ended out you know they're like okay enough enough is enough like yeah they were like and then we had to wait for a while uh unfortunately we did not get uh nicholas cage (laughs) as superman i want it damn it hey they could still do something like kingdom come and give us old man soups yeah I mean, we we got that in the CW. With, yeah. Thankfully, like, Brandon Roof got, you know, like, so underrated. He got a chance to redeem himself there. But, like, damn it, I wanted that movie. <laughs> and, or whatever Kevin Smith's pitch was. And then, you know, that studio head kind of then. And we didn't get anything until Superman Returns, which 
um, you know, didn't really... Like you said, had its own problems and has more problems now that have come to light. (laughs) Yeah, has even more problems now, unfortunately. And it was like, you know, like, like I said, like spoilers, but like, you know, Clark wasn't really, you know, Superman wasn't really fighting a villain per se. He was fighting a, I don't want to spoil it for you, Deanna, if you want to go back and watch this film, it's kind of cringeworthy now that you want to. He has to fight a island made of kryptonite. <laughs> but Fun. the real, yeah, but the real villain is like him trying to be a dad, which I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, what is the storyline? And then, you know, even now the studio heads are trying to figure out what to do with this character. They don't yeah. know. Like, there's the J.J. Abrams version with. Shawnee Coates, which seems to be in limo because, you know, with, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery merging and a new edict from David Zasloff, we might get uh, Cavill back. We might not. We don't know. He ca- I agree with Zasloff saying, like, we have the Superman character. Why are we not doing anything with him? But it just depends on what route they want to go. They're not going to go the Snyder route. I know everybody wants the Snyder verse back it's not coming back it costs a lot of money and it, and if you know anything with Zaslav, like everything has to be cost effective mm-hmm. like if we're spending that if we're spending this money like we're not going to have like if it doesn't justify we're not going to have an almost 300 million dollar budget for something if we're not going to make you know unfortunately like batman versus superman made only just under 900 million which is crazy for a, a movie like that yeah that is a lot. Yeah. But like I said, Christopher Reeve, perfect as Clark. Not quite as perfect as Superman, in my opinion, but still very, very good. I think, you know, that was just one of the things that impressed me the most because I hadn't seen this before. So I was like, yeah, this works. This is played very, very well. Margot Kidder screams a little too much <laughs> for my liking in this but you know hey that's my beat <laughs> and when she's in the car screaming and he gets there too late and like you said has to do the time travel i was like okay that was a lot of screaming all at once let's he does scream uh uh tilting the earth back in time first of all i didn't know that you can do that yeah <laughs> I was like, oh, so all you have to do is spin the Earth back. I think that's. So I think they've done that with the Flash before, but I like he ran so fast he turned it the other way or something. I I could be making that up, but I swore I've seen that somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, who knew we could just turn the whole Earth backwards, and that's fine. Yeah, I would think that that would have a, a lot of climate ramifications where a lot of people would i don't know die but (laughs) yeah just just a few but it's superman it's fine he can do it to save lois and yeah well mj i think that wraps up everything i have to say about the 1978 superman movie do you have anything else uh no i think you said everything perfect i'm glad that you got to see it for the first time and enjoy it dc get your act together please like, just please get your act together. I know we got Black Adam coming. You know what? I'm I'm actually really excited to see Black Adam. I don't know why. But, like, it just seems like it's going to be, like, a like a 2000 campy movie with, like, The Rock being The Rock. 
So, like, hopefully to see that and then Shazam. Like, I'm hyped to see those movies. But, yeah, like, Warner, like, let's let's bring it together, please. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me. No problem.